Hello, welcome to Inspired Caring. I'm your host, Michelle Magner. If you are caring for an older family member, this is the podcast for you. Each week, I bring insight, tips, inspiration, and strategies to help you care for the people that you love without losing yourself along the way. Having cared for both of my grandmothers, I've helped manage everything from hospital stays, households full of belongings, to navigating senior living and end-of-life care. And I've worked in senior living as a result of that experience, serving my residents and their families as they've been on this journey too. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Inspired Caring. Hello, beautiful people. It has been quite a week. I want to give you a family update. First of all, I tried recording this podcast episode twice last week and had technical difficulties. So I'm just recording on my phone and I think that might be what I need to do going forward for a while. So hopefully the audio is workable for you. After that last episode, I just pushed up the quick message from Michelle. That was, I think, think on a Sunday or Monday a week ago, I literally grabbed my phone, which I never sleep with my phone next to my bed unless my kids have something going on or something else is happening. Um, like with my mother-in-law in that case. And so it's a very rare occasion that the bed and the phone are in the same place. But so that last frustrating communication episode, I literally woke up and grabbed my phone and just recorded it in my pajamas, still in bed. It was just the first thoughts I was having, and I wanted to share them with you. The episode I tried recording last week was about my mother-in-law's final hours. She did pass away, and thank goodness, um, very peacefully, very peacefully, And I was so pleased with how family stepped up to support her end-of-life journey. We had so many people coming through. It was super meta, like it wasn't discussed, but people were just organically coming at different times. So other than uh, the, you know, sleeping hours and the night, she had people with her throughout those last final days, which made my heart happy. And her two boys, my husband and her son, Chris, my brother-in-law, and I were all with her. And it was just really sweet and special and peaceful. So I felt very happy about that, if you could feel happy. And that's What I want to talk about today are actually the abundance and variety of emotions and things that have come to mind in the last few days because her dementia was to the point where she didn't recognize us and she had not really recognized us for over a year. Um, Barely would like make eye contact. She, in the last nine months especially, just wasn't very smiley. Like her joy and positivity just shone through all along her dementia journey. 
And then just at some point in the disease process, you could just see the sparkle um, leave her eye. And so it was really, the last year has been really tough. It's been really tough because before, while we didn't feel like she recognized us, you could still make that quick connection, get a smile out of her. Um, and it just, it was so much harder in these last few months, but she was so well cared for in the assisted living memory care community that she lived in. Shout out to the team at Clark House at Cedarhurst in La Vista. And that really gave us peace of mind, you know, that she was so very well cared for. What you don't know is how are you going to feel? How are you going to feel when someone passes away. And certainly we have run the gambit. I think that's the right word of emotion. There has been some relief for her, not necessarily for us, you know, but for her certainly, because while she was well, super cared for her quality of life, just, you could feel that her zest, um, was gone. So there was definitely has, there definitely has been some sense of relief. Um, I think what has been unexpected is it's almost like as we have gone through pictures for her memorial and been writing her obituary and remembering who she was, it's like the last five years of dementia were swept away in a way. And so the raw, hardcore sadness of losing someone that you love and had such a great impact in your life is right there on the surface. It's interesting because it feels like, um, I was struggling to articulate this over the weekend, but it feels like we were so in the present moment with her to take care of her and make sure we could just meet her where she was at right now and love her the best way we could right now. <clears throat> um, we were so in that space that the memories of who they were and all of their joy, I don't know if it's for my own self-preservation, but I felt like I had to kind of put those on hold for this last chunk of time, because if I were to show up at the memory care expecting her to be that person that she was prior to the dementia diagnosis and disease process, I would have been upset and frustrated every single time. So I, I guess emotionally, it feels like we were able to compartmentalize like who she was and who before dementia and who she was now and just really be here with her at this phase. And so as a result, what that meant, I think, is where some of that relief come, comes in. Um, I hope you're, this makes sense. <laughs> I hope this makes sense. But then as we have been reflecting and going back through things, um, it feels like the dementia chapter almost didn't exist. It's like they're two different people, right? You feel relief for the person 
um, who's been living with dementia because now they're free. And then the other person is who we feel that deep sadness and loss for. Pretty raw stuff. Um, The other thing I guess that I've been noodling on is feeling like um, oh my gosh, you guys, y'all, it just escaped me. <laughs> so this is the funny thing about grief. It's like your brain is sort of mostly functioning. I mean, there's so many details, so many details to be thinking through. Um, oh, I got it. It's back. So what I was thinking about was how these months prior to her passing away, things felt very status quo with us visiting her. You know, um, many of us were visiting, you know, one to multiple times a week. So we had family in and out just constantly. As she was dying, the family, we really gathered and sat and hung out. And I had this thought of, why didn't we do this more beforehand. And I felt like that thought was not going to serve me very well because I really don't want to be in a space of regrets. And I feel like what's, you know, she, her, her patterns, her routines were very set. And it just, I don't know. I don't think any of us hanging around for hours and hours staring at her would have been very satisfying for her. And in my mind, with her dying, and I believe that there is a separation of the spirit and soul from the body, I felt like at some point she had become fully restored. And so it felt almost like as she was actively dying, that she had been, she was more present with us and cognitively intact with us than she had been for years. That was a really interesting thought that, that I was having. Like, and I do believe that she is fully restored. Just like someone who is unable to walk, I believe they are fully restored um, after they pass away. So those were a couple interesting things that were coming up for me. The thought of here we are sitting here um, gathered and just chatting and hanging out. I, why didn't we do that more before? But I just don't think she would have enjoyed it. I think it could have almost been agitating to her with um, the dementia progression. And then the thought of her just being so present with us felt very comforting to me and as if she was restored. It was my husband's birthday, the day that she died. And so many of us were holding our breath, hoping it would be the next day. And then as the day continued, um, he spent all afternoon with her from his lunch hour on. And then... um, as the day continued, we realized that there was potential that 
these two events were going to share the same day. And the thought that I had is how beautiful it was that on that day, she gave him life. And on that day, he was with her at the end of her life. That started to feel like a very comforting thought as the day progressed. He had been with her all afternoon. Um, Her sister had been with her in the morning. And then in the evening, his brother arrived. And so my husband and I stepped out for dinner and ran into some friends at the restaurant. And they joined us. And we just had this really lovely birthday, unexpected, impromptu birthday dinner celebration that was so beautiful. And then he and I went back to the building and when we got back, there had been clearly another shift in her breath. And within an hour, she was, she was gone. And it was the three of us in there with her, just fluttering around her, rubbing her shoulders, kissing her forehead, stroking her hair, holding her hand. Um, and it was just, the breath, her breath just slowed and it was just super peaceful. So it has been quite the variety of emotions. Um, It feels kind of messed up, y'all. I mean, there's some anger, too. It feels kind of messed up that in the last 14 months, his dad died 14 months ago, and now his mom is gone. Um, That feels a little unfair. I mean, we're 51, and I know there's no rhyme or reason, and we don't get a vote, and there's certainly people who have lost parents way younger than us and it's hard not to see people in their 70s losing their parents because that happens too just loss is hard no matter how you slice it it's interesting it's I guess it just never feels like you have enough time which is I guess another process to explore So, yeah, we were able to go up and see our daughter. Um, She's in college and had a full week. So my mother-in-law passed on Tuesday. Two of our kids went out of town for a band thing for the weekend. And then we were able to go up and give our other daughter a hug. And we are in the throes of planning um, her service and finalizing details for that. And that is going to be another episode Because we have got to talk about this. We have to start talking about this. What kind of death do you want? What kind of service do you want? Who you want doing what? That is going to be another episode. So that will be it for today. Just wanted to keep you in the loop. Give you um, some thoughts about just this idea that if a thought is starting to creep up on you, that is going to take you into a direction like regret, that, man, that does not serve us, y'all. That is not going to bode well for us. So thinking through what do we want for ourselves, what do we want things to look like, and how can we live each day in this present moment 
with love and laughter and joy because that's really what Sherry did. I think that's part of a big part of her legacy and I don't I don't know if she had too many regrets. She's a lovely woman. I love you. I see you. You're doing a great job. Ooh, keep up the great work. And I will see you next week.